Welcome to Down There Aware. I'm Alex. And I'm Mary, Alex's mama. Each week, we sit down to discuss various topics concerning gynecologic cancers and women's health care. In 2019, at the age of 32, I was diagnosed with uterine cancer and became painfully aware of just how unaware I was of everything down there. On this podcast, we interview experts, share personal stories, and explore new research. No subject is off limits, so we caution you to listen at your own discretion. Well, hello and welcome to another episode. <laughs> You're moving in slow-mo. Well, I was trying to think of what to say because it's just been so daggum long. Yes, yes. Oh, bless Bobby, daggum it. Um, but yeah, it's just been so long since we've recorded. <laughs> You might better explain your blessed buddy, de- oh. blessed Bobby. <laughs> so, uh, Bobby, Bobby Bowden, sweet, sweet coach of the Seminoles for so many years. And um, if you don't know, I went to Florida State and I work for Florida State and I kind of bleed garnet gold. And anyway, our um, coach passed away. He was 92 and he, his catchphrase, he always said, dadgummit. And um, so that's <laughs> what that was about. And he reminded us of Papa Joe. Yeah, he did. Good, good man. Anyway, welcome back. Um, it's uh, I, we're in September. Wow. <laughs> See you in September. Yeah, something like that. Or for those millennials, wake me up when September ends. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> no. I don't know that one. Millennials, shoot me a message or rate us and leave us a comment somewhere that you know either of those songs because it's September and (laughs) (laughs) we don't know. We don't know what we're doing anymore. We've Mm. podcasted for a year and a half and then circumstance after circumstance after circumstance had us pausing and stopping and waiting and pushing things off. And but we were pretty much with it for all during COVID. Yeah, but I'm talking about like once we had to stop mm. our last our last episode, episode 26. Um, I don't even know when that was. It was at least a month ago, maybe two. But uh, we're we're back. We're trying to get back in the saddle. And why did we stop? Well, that is what we're going to talk to you about. But first, it's September, and we want to recognize that it is Gynecologic Cancer Awareness Month. And much like last year, this month, we will be bringing you content focused on gynecologic cancer awareness um, and all things surrounding that. We're also going to repeat our Wear Purple Day this year. That will be Monday, September 20th. So please join us in wearing purple and tag us in all of your social media posts wearing your purple. We love to see it. Be sure to use the hashtag GCAM 2021 um, so that we can share that with everybody and um, be included uh, in that Wear Purple Day. We're excited about that. So I guess now it's the rest of the story. (laughs) Oh, Paul Harvey. I love Paul Harvey. So the rest of the story is... Oh, where do we start? (laughs) Well, let's just rip off the Band-Aid. We got COVID. We did get COVID. And you know what? 
we have been so careful. Well, mom's been really careful. I have been uber careful. I've been kind of careful. Well, I have been uber careful because I did not want COVID. And um, we got it anyway. Well, sometimes we don't always get what we want. <laughs> Um, but oh. yeah, and, and not only did we get COVID, we both had uh, breakthrough cases because we were both fully vaccinated and, um, it, it, what a time to be alive. <laughs> well, you know, you hear all the time that families go to a wedding or families go to a funeral or, you know, they get together and then when they get home, a bunch of people have COVID and so my family, a um, cousin group that stays in touch, a bunch of first cousins, um, we get together in South Alabama every year or two, just depending on everybody's schedules. And so before we talked about that and decided to do it, but beforehand, we made sure everybody was fully vaccinated and everybody felt comfortable meeting up and it's not like we were in um, a place with a bunch of people. Um, we go to my cousin's house, which was her mother's homestead where we all met together when we were children. And it's down on a bay and away from, you know, a bunch of houses. And we were just there, 15 of us there in that house. Um, but five of us ended up with COVID when we got home. Five vaccinated people. All vaccinated. And this was it, this was back in July. And this was around the time when news started coming out that even if you're vaccinated, this new Delta variant is crazy and you could still get it. You could still pass it on. So it was we went right about the time a little bit before they were saying even vaccinated people need to be masked indoors. We were still going by the previous guidelines of if you're vaccinated, you can be, you know, in a small group uh, indoors unmasked. And we were unpleasantly surprised. <laughs> and I, we don't know if we got the Delta variant. We didn't have that kind of testing. Um, but it seems like that's what it was because of um, it would just the make timing sense. and we were all vaccinated. And it was a long weekend, Friday to Monday. And, um, we got home Monday evening, and a couple days later, uh, one of my cousins, the eldest in the group, <laughs> um, sent us a heartfelt text in our group text that said she had tested positive for COVID. Well, and what is really interesting, so we got that text on a Thursday, Wednesday night, I laid down to go to bed, and so... I, at that time, was only working physically in the office once a week. Um, and so that Thursday, uh, and then we alternated Thursdays. So I was going to be in. That was my one Thursday of the month to be in the office physically. And um, the night before, I went to bed. And as I was laying down, my nose got really stuffy. And I thought, well, I must have picked up some allergies in Alabama or, you know, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. That was my only symptom. I had a stuffy nose and I just, that happens from time to time. So I just didn't think anything of it. And then that morning I woke up to go to work and I 
kind of felt a little feverish and I thought, Ugh, I didn't get enough sleep. I mean, I'm notorious for going to bed late and um, so just, just didn't think anything of it. And when mom texted me, it was about 10 or 11 in the morning and I was at work um, and I said, well, you know what? I have been feeling kind of bad. Um, I need to leave work. Uh, tell my boss that I have been exposed and need to quarantine. Um, and I went ahead and scheduled a drive through COVID test at um, CVS. Well, and I, um, I had just had kind of a runny nose, but more prominent symptoms for me were gastrointestinal. And um, I thought, well, I've been traveling. Uh, you know, that's all, that's all it is most likely. And so I wasn't concerned about it, but I think for both Alex and myself, once we heard that my cousin tested positive, we thought, eh, it's just the safe thing to do to, um, get tested. So I called my doctor and they had me come in and sit in the parking lot in my car and they came out and they did, um, both a rapid and a PCR, uh, that day on Thursday. So I got tested on Thursday and, um, I did not get a rapid test. I got the PCR and they said 24 to 48 hours. So I think it was Friday, um, that I tested positive and I was like, well, dang it, that <laughs> just sucks. Um, and so just started to take it easy um, mom and dad were very kind and went and got soup. I think mom made me some soup. Um, and dad brought over some Gatorade and I pretty much just did a Dayquil NyQuil kind of thing to help me flush the drainage and keep my nose from being stuffy. And then also to help me sleep at night. Um, and you know, I had a cough and, um, one day my fever got up to, I think a one Oh one, one Oh two, but that was the highest it got. Most of the time it was pretty mild, 99-ish. Um, and then come, <laughs> it was funny. I was still, I was working from home and I was like, I'm not too sick that I can't work. So I might as well work. And um, we had a big meeting on Tuesday. It was like this all day retreat kind of meeting. And I said, if you guys can figure out how they were all meeting in person, I said, if you can figure out how to patch me in virtually, then I'll, I'll join. And so I did. And of course that day was, I think the peak of my illness, I felt terrible the whole day. Um, and it was, I was feverish. It was hard to focus. And, um, and I just couldn't imagine, you know, that was, it felt pretty, it felt like a bad flu, but all in all, I, my pulse ox, we got pulse oximeters, Mine never went below 95, um, and it was usually 97-ish. So to think that I contracted this horrific virus in this time of pandemic, but it was so mild, you know, and we credit that to being vaccinated. Yeah, I, I didn't know until Monday. I didn't get any test results until Monday. Um, but over the weekend, or I think really toward the end of that week, I um, lost my sense of taste and smell. So I was pretty confident that the test was going to come back positive since Alex's did and since I lost my sense of taste and smell. I mean, what else is going to make that happen? So I wasn't surprised when I got the call from my doctor that I was positive on Monday. And uh, since my cousin had texted everybody, all the cousins went out and got tested 
And as it turned out, five of the 15 tested positive. Yeah, and what's really funny about the the taste and smell aspect of it? It was not funny for us two foodies. <laughs> no, it, it was very bizarre. But for me, what was so strange, I never completely lost my sense of taste. Um, and I, you know, for what it's worth, I attribute that to, I think I'm a super taster. <laughs> I know, I know, laugh. Mom's going to lose it over here. <laughs> but um, Super taster. Well, but the, it's it's a real thing where you can just taste, uh, you know, all the components of food. And, and it also gives you stronger aversions to food. And if anyone knows me, think about pickles <laughs> or mustard or things that I am really adverse to. Um, and so anyway, so it for me, my sense of taste was kind of just turned down um, like if mine was normally at 11, it was like at a two or three. Um, but I lost my sense of smell completely. And so once mom tested positive, my dad was not sick. And so we decided <laughs> did not go to the reunion. No, he didn't. He didn't. It was just us. So we decided that it would be best for him to quarantine at my house and take care of my dog, Sadie, because, um, I was not feeling well and it was just difficult. Um, and that way he would be completely isolated from us. And mom and I just kind of could have camp COVID and sleep and be in our PJs and, you know, relax <laughs> and take care of each other and take care of each needed. other and, and, you know, be helpful, um, to one another. And so I cleaned my house <laughs> thinking, well, dad's coming over. I need to wash the sheets. So he has fresh linens and I need to do this. And I realized I had lost my sense of smell because I was cleaning the shower and normally the cleanser really gets to me and the smell. And I was like, I can't smell anything. Probably not good to be <laughs> in a shower cleaning it, not being able to smell the chemicals. Mm. Um, so that was, that was pretty rough. And then I put my face in a candle um, and tried to sniff and just nothing. It's so bizarre. And, you know, I tried perfume too, to smell the perfume and I felt the burn of the alcohol, you know, as I sniffed in perfume, but, but no scent. Yeah. I think that was, um, you know, we've heard all throughout the COVID, um, phenomenon that, uh, people were losing their sense of taste and smell. And, you know, I thought that was bizarre, but, I never really grasped what that meant until it happened to me. And the impact it would have on your life. Yeah. And uh, I just, um, to put some food in your mouth, um, anticipating a taste and then tasting nothing, I do think um, one thing became clear, the texture became a lot more important um, and prominent, but uh just not to be able to taste anything, just to feel the texture was bizarre. And along with my gastrointestinal issues, I really just ended up not eating much at all. Well, and I have, you know, read stories about people who um, get COVID and the taste and smell losing it um, lingers mm. for, for months and months and people lose tons of weight because food isn't enjoyable and you know they don't really care what they eat um and then I also know someone who uh she and her husband got COVID 
and they took it upon themselves to do like a special juice cleanse or something because it tasted disgusting normally. And they're like, well, <laughs> can't taste it. So might as well take advantage of that time. Mm. Well, but I, I will say I, I lost a good deal of weight, but I told Alex I would much rather be fat all my life than to lose weight that way. I was miserable and, um, it, it was just a very bizarre, just a very bizarre experience. And when, when it started coming back, my sense of taste, it came back very strangely. Like I would taste something and all I could really taste was salt. Yeah, that came back first was saltiness. Yeah. And then another time I would taste something and all I could taste was sugar. I couldn't taste any of the other seasoning. I couldn't taste any of the other uh, flavors it was bizarre. And I still, we're kind of into the fifth or sixth week, I think. And I still do not have my true sense of taste and smell back totally. It's just crazy. And, and also because of how two people who share 50% of their genes, um, react differently. I had, uh, far less gastrointestinal issues than mom did. You know, my taste and smell, um, my taste never went completely away. My smell did, but I got it back quicker, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most of my complications were, I had severe chest congestion and cough. I still have a lingering cough, particularly after I wake up. Um, my chest feels heavy and I have to kind of clear my airways a little bit. It kind of reminds me, and not in any actual way, but it reminds me of... Um, people with cystic fibrosis, how every morning they have to mm-hmm. kind of clear their airways. Um, it's definitely not that severe and it's not, um, anywhere near, uh, uh, cystic, cystic fibrosis, but, um, it just kind of reminds, reminds me of that waking up feeling like that. Well, and for me too, um, as we've talked about before, Alex and I both have a genetic heart condition. And, uh, so I needed to differentiate, um, c- symptoms that might be from my heart condition from the COVID. I also am diabetic, so I had to differentiate those symptoms. And there were times when that was really difficult to, um, you know, dizziness or um, nausea or, you know, those kinds of things to try to figure out, okay, is this COVID? Is this my heart? Is this diabetes? And, and is this new medication I'm taking? Exactly. You know, there, there is a lot of what if when you have other things um, going on. And so, you know, every day was a question of, you know, what's going on. And Every professional, medical professional that we were in touch with said, have a pulse ox with you, check your oxygen level regularly. If it dips below 90 consistently, go to the ER. And that is the last thing we wanted to do. And so we were religious in checking our oxygen levels and neither of us really had any issues with it. Well, and that is the last thing we wanted to do just because who wants to go to the ER. But we also were hearing that the ERs were filling up with COVID patients. And, you know, we didn't want to be in that environment if we didn't have to be. Um, An added issue for me ended up being that my heart went into AFib, um, which has not been a regular issue for me. 
A lot of HCM patients have AFib problems and are on constant medication and have to go in regularly for cardioversion. And that really hasn't been the problem for me. Um, however, it happened this time and the doctor felt like it was my body trying to uh, ward off this virus. And I don't know if, you, if you'll remember back in March, I had bronchitis and the same thing happened. I had um, a flutter, which is a cousin to AFib. And um, so it seems that now that hasn't happened to me before, but evidently I'm at a place where when my body has an infection, it's going to affect my heart in that way. And I had a great, com great communication with my doctors, my cardiologist's office, and they said, um, check the pulse ox. And then I have a little portable EKG monitor and um, was able to check and see when I was AFib and in AFib and send those strips in. How weird how our bodies respond so to, you know, virus and, and everything. And so, you know, ultimately we were sick, I don't know, about a week or two, maybe two weeks. Yeah, I think it was... Um, but and we enjoyed Camp COVID as best we could. We Alex ordered us PJs, matching PJs. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, should that, put that picture on our website. <laughs> we should. That was my contribution to Camp COVID. We had matching PJs, um, and we watched TV. And what's so funny is we looked at each other one day and thought and said out loud, um, "Man, I wish that we could taste things because we would order sushi <laughs> and we would have ordered pizza, and we we didn't. We I think we ate a lot of soup and mm -hmm. and plain things like rice and toast because who cared at that yeah, point nothing really mattered Gatorade and ginger ale and yeah yeah that I mean that would have been great fun <laughs> and because we and ba we love to bake and we love to cook and we just didn't do any of well, that and we didn't have the energy no. to do anything or even the energy to like sit out on the back porch or sit on you know on the front porch and drink coffee nope it was well I remember the first night that I stayed over for camp COVID. Um, and we also didn't stay up super late. We oh, went no. to bed at 10 o'clock, maybe nine o'clock when we were and tired. That's unusual. For that's us. very unusual for us. But the first night that I stayed over, um, it was the night after the big long meeting at work that I had been up all day doing that. And I had cleaned my house and done laundry. And while I was sick, I slept, I think I went to bed at like 10. I didn't get up until 2 <laughs> p.m. the next day. And I can sleep with the best of them. But that's usually after I go to bed at 2 or 3 and then mm -hmm. I sleep, you know, late. But to go to bed at 9 or 10 o'clock and then sleep literally all day. And um, I'm going to show myself here. Mom said the only way or the only reason why she didn't come check on me was because she could hear me snoring. <laughs> I knew so, she was okay. She, I knew I was, she knew I was awake. So, um, yeah, if you've ever shared a room with me sleeping, sorry about that. Um, yeah, it happens. <laughs> well, I have heard so many people talk about just the extreme fatigue, um, that, go, that comes with COVID and I can certainly attest to that. I still am not back at my energy level that I was before. And I don't think Alex is either. No, I'm definitely not back. And but I'm back in the office every day. <laughs> so <laughs> I find myself um, just today. I was telling mom that anytime I'm like close to a horizontal position, l like lounging on the couch, 
uh, my eyes get heavy and I tend to fall asleep. So I have to, you know, keep myself in a regular pattern because napping in a work day is not really possible. <laughs> well, and my neighbor was telling me his son had COVID and he still has uh, brain fog that he talks about how um, the brain fog has really stuck with him. So I think we're still learning a lot about this virus and um, down the road we'll, uh, we'll know a lot more and hopefully uh, better treatment and more uh, uh, maybe re readily available treatment will be out there. Uh, I have to throw in when my cousin who first told us she had tested positive for COVID, she, she's married to a doctor and he immediately said, you need to go for a monoclonal antibody infusion. And so um, she texted the rest of us and said, you know, please, if you can get the monoclonal antibody infusion, you need to go get it. And she got it and she really um, saw an improvement like within 24, 48 hours, which was really encouraging to the rest of us. So I was asking... <laughs> okay, my doctor, I want to get this. I, I want to get better. And um, long story short, it was not available except on a Thursday. Only Thursdays did they give the infusion. And you have to get it within the first 10 days. Well, by the time I knew about the, um, the infusion, the 10 days were coming up but it wasn't Thursday yet <laughs> and anyway I didn't get to get the infusion I was furious about that and now we have a clinic right here in Tallahassee in the old Sears store they're popping up all over Florida because now they know it's um, it's a treatment that works yeah there are 21 uh, clinics for the infusion all over the state uh, where we are and so um, we we definitely got COVID before that was readily yeah. available. That would have been nice. But, um, you know, overall, it was a cruddy experience. We're still kind of dragging from it. That's why we've been gone from you for so long. And we do apologize for the interruption, but it does help you understand we're real people mm. who don't do this professionally and who, you know, we enjoy um, this as a hobby. And sometimes we can't, can't, muster up the strength to think of ideas for um episodes or to record them and edit them and get them posted so um we are coming back we hope to come back to a regular schedule um starting with this month of september and bring you some really great content we have some cool ideas that i hope we can uh, flush out in the next few months and i will say um i don't want just to be whiny hiney about covid um, I will say I'm just really, really grateful that we didn't end up in the hospital. We didn't require that kind of treatment. We didn't have to even consider ventilators or ICUs or anything that many, many people are faced with right now. Um, as bad as it was for us, you know, everything's relative. Um, we lucked out big time. And uh, so... I know I just felt an overwhelming responsibility to other people. And I was so paranoid about once I got the positive test. And by the way, I had two false negative tests before um, 
I finally tested positive and we all knew I had it because of the symptoms, but you know, tests are fallible too. And, um, I didn't know immediately, but I was so paranoid once I knew I had it that I just didn't want anybody to be around me. I even put a sign up on my front door because I didn't want delivery people or my mailman comes up and knocks on the door and hands me my mail sometimes if I have something that's too big to fit in the mailbox. Bless his heart. He's wonderful. And um, I just didn't want to, and my, my door's all glass. So I knew I couldn't hide from him if he came up to my door. So I put a sign up that just said COVID quarantine. Um, so people would know not to expect anybody to answer the door. Um, I just felt an overwhelming responsibility not to infect other people. And that's another reason I wanted George to stay at Alex's and, and spend time with Sadie because how in the world he didn't get it, I don't know, but I'm so happy he didn't. Yeah, unless he was asymptomatic, you know, because he, he never actually got tested. But um, for all intents and purposes, he didn't get it. And, um, you know, we're we're really grateful for that. And so that is our story. That's where we've been. That is uh, not a pleasant place to have been. <laughs> But, but that's our truth and we're going to stick to it. Yeah, we, um, we're happy to get back rolling. I think you know, it's going to take us a little while to get back in the groove. Um, but we needed the time off and um, we're just happy to be back. Yeah, so we're grateful to all of you who have checked in on us and you know asked how we were doing because you knew that if we missed a Monday, um, it meant something was going on. And so... That's what was going on. That's what happened. And we are um, ready to to move forward and um, kick it with the best of them. And I really hope that, um, I mean, it's been daggum two years of, mm. of COVID, coming up on two years of COVID. I'm ready to be normal. I'm, you know, I'm grateful to wear a mask in public and to have been vaccinated and all of these things. But I want to see people's faces. You know, I want to feel like I can be around other people safely without being concerned of giving them a virus or contracting one. Well, and um, we'll talk, I'm sure, more about this uh, in the coming weeks, but Alex has some updates about her health and um, some procedures that need to take place. And, you know, if the hospitals are full of COVID patients, some things that need to be addressed can't be addressed uh, with other people because of that. And so we just, we really, really want to get COVID um, under control. And I, I think, like I said, I think we're learning more and more about it and um, just hoping that uh, we get past it. For sure. Don't forget Monday, September 20th, wear purple, purple. for Gynecologic Cancer Awareness Month. Tag us down there aware on Instagram, Facebook, Pitter, Pitter, <laughs> Twitter, Pinterest, all those good things. Go ahead and tag us. Um, and also use the hashtag GCAM2021 um, so that we can help get the word out about gynecologic cancer awareness. Um, and we'll be sharing some some cool stuff in the, uh, in the next few weeks this month. So thanks and have a great day day <laughs> how do i end this i don't know i don't know how to end it it's weird <laughs> we've never we haven't done this in a long time so we appreciate you listening <laughs>
thanks. <laughs> what do I say? Oh, thanks for listening. 